team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! Oh, 100 shows Mark Bickley celebrating the century today. Raise the bat, put it up. Congratulations, 100 shows, mate. It's been a wonderful year so far. Yes. It's come around pretty quickly when you think about it. Yeah. Um, 100 shows, yeah. I, I love the fact you brought in a, a permanent marker and wrote both our names on the fridge. I did. That was a nice touch. While it's still there. <laughs> That's a bit of a nod to the, you know, getting your name on the locker at the AFL footy club that you play for if you play 100 games. Um, your daughters are now eligible for the uh, the father-daughter. Um, They're pretty keen now, actually. They want to talk into the microphone and come <laughs> to work with me. And I said, no, you are never coming to work with your father. Mm, good call. like to separate that. Fair enough. Quite interesting, actually, speaking of separating work and um, family time. I had a babysitter on the weekend for my daughter. A babysitter, um, yeah. So we hadn't had this babysitter before. 30 bucks an hour because it was a Sunday, which is quite expensive. But I'm used to barley babysitters where they were like 8 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said at the end, I said, do you do this often? And she's like, not really. I got a bit nervous. My back was up. But she works at the childcare centre that my daughter goes to. Oh, okay. And she said, I don't like to like muddy the waters. I like to separate work and um, my other work. So mm. I kind of like that because you don't want to get too attached to the kids. Well, I was very lucky because I had three daughters who were a little bit older than yeah. our two sons. So with three daughters, you've always got one that's available. So did you plan that? No. So you could have babysitters <laughs> and you wouldn't have to spend any money on it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just, just the you way played that, the long game there. Just the way that it turned out. But yeah, geez, I'm glad I'm past those days. We're now at the stage now where if we go out, so our eldest is 14, mobile phones. Chelsea just won, by the way. They scored another goal too, 3-1. Deary me. Will's well and truly fell off today for Big Ange. Yeah. Um, and we're lucky. We we know our neighbours, sort of both sides and across the road, so you've got enough confidence now. Kids can stay home on their own, knowing that if something were to go wrong, they can knock on the neighbour's door or ring us and it'll be okay. So. Yeah. All that to look forward to for you, my friend. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to lots of things. I bought um, scissors for my grass yesterday because I've got a what? Well, I've bought lawn scissors because I've got a whippersnipper, but we've got lots of new plants near the lawn. You lawn? Yeah, they're like little clippers, so I can do the edging with them. Um, because I don't want to whippersnip the plants because I'm normally good at that. Normally with a whippersnipper, I just hack away at everything. So I've got things now I can just go around the edges quite nicely with the little scissors. You don't think that's that's time consuming, like using. It's not going to take too long, but I like nail my clippers to I, cut your lawn. <laughs> I like my lawn to look really nice. Sure, Bought some fertilizer. Cut, don't you have enough control over your? No, nah, I go crazy to be able to. No, I go crazy, and the cord keeps breaking. You need to you need to migrate to um, cordless power tools. What do you mean? It is cordless. Well, what do you what do you say? No, that? the cord is in the the oh. thread. Yeah, well, you got to you got to get the right gauge. How do you do that? Well, if it keeps breaking, you might have to go up a gauge, make it a bit thicker. But do you think I need to go thinner? Because the thicker one has more of a likelihood to break, doesn't it? A bit more brittle. Mm. Maybe depends on. Yeah, maybe bring some in tomorrow, and I'll give you some advice. Really? Yeah. No, you won't. Yes, I will. You don't know what, what I'm cutting. Well, what color? All is you it? do. If it's, orange. If you're cutting it's lawn, orange. Yeah, get the green one. Really? Yeah. How do you know that I can't get a green one in a different thickness? <laughs> That's why I said to bring it in. I'm trying to help you. Jared. Okay, I'll do that. I'm trying to help you, mate. Um, 
It was funny. Let you know, me help you. The saying is, help me help you, not let me help you. That's <laughs> my saying. That's my saying, all right? Okay, we had a good chat today to Sunday. Detch from the Adelaide 36ers, Mitch Lewis from the Hawks, to speak <laughs> about um, the Melbourne Cup. That wouldn't have been the first time you heard that. I still think that's the best draft story in AFL history. They lose Sam Mitchell, they lose Jordan Lewis, and they, they draft someone called Mitchell Lewis. <laughs> That's very good. At least, and he goes on the play. He's a good player. He's a very good player. Um, but it was a good show today. We've had lots of texts coming in, so thank you so much, everybody, for sending them in, supporting the show. I think it's been it's been fun, mate. I've really enjoyed this year, and I'm looking forward to listening to what, you next year, whoever you work with. What I what I can't believe is that we are literally two or three weeks away. I don't know the exact date. Yeah. But before we finish up, I so know it's, it's gone like that. Yeah, it has gone really quickly. It's been crazy. So we will probably. <clears throat> round out the year with the AFL draft. We'll start to sort of, once we get past the Melbourne Cup, yep. start to get a bit more excited about what that looks like. More so potentially Adelaide fans who have a couple of picks in the top 23, which could turn into two. Uh, and Port Adelaide have one pick sort of later on in the draft. Well, so that, The magnifying glass is going to be on that pick though, because they have to choose wisely. <laughs> Well, I know it's listed as what is it? Pick sixty something. I think it's in. I think it's seventy three. Seventy three. But what what's happening though? There's about three clubs that have father son picks, and like the Gold Coast Suns have a number of those academy picks yeah. as well. So they've accumulated about thirteen picks that are all ahead of Port Adelaide. Yep. So when they use those picks, all those all those draft picks all get taken out of the draft. So there's some speculation that sixty three could come in to as low as. The early 50s could be 51. So mm. you would think there's still enough talented players in Australia, 50 players, to be able to pick someone who potentially could play some good footy for you. I have one more question for you that I w- probably wasn't game to ask on the the podcast, mm. uh, the show. Um, Hamish Hartlett being the head coach of the Port Magpies after being a development coach for 12 months. For me, that's the biggest indicator of what the Port Magpies are all about. Like, there are a lot of senior coaches all around the Sandfall that have had huge experience coaching their own team. It came across to me that as Tyson Goldsack moves into the the AFL men's setup, that Hamish is there to develop. But I also think a lot of other Sandfall coaches aren't there to develop. They are there because they are ready to go. I know it sounds disrespectful saying that, and hopefully not coming across that way, but I don't know. No, look, I think there's a there's a couple of extenuating circumstances. I think there's it's twofold. the The position of a sandful coach is often used as a as a stepping stone, a development tool for young coaches within AFL clubs. So Tom Lynch, for example, went to North Melbourne, is a development coach, but also coaches in North Melbourne Reserve. So I think the sandful is different, though, Bix. Oh, no, but hear me out. So so there's that part of it. They clearly rate. Um, Hamish Hartlett as someone who's going to be involved in the future going forward. So you look at the development of Chad Corns, for example, coached the Sandful team a number of years, and now he's gone on to become a development coach and Tyson Goldsack the same. So that's part of it. The second part of it is that many of the Sandful coaches that you speak of that sort of work their way up and have lots of coaching experience before they coach at Sandful level, they're all doing that part-time, you know, whether it's amateur mm. coaches, whether it's underage teams. So Hamish Hartlett, when he retires and goes into becoming a development coach, you know, last year, like he's full-time. So he, his contact hours are turbocharged because he's doing it 
eight hours a day, whether that be some of the women's program, some of the men's programs. Yeah. So, so his level of experience in terms of hours coached sort of quickly, rapidly rises. Okay. Well, it's good to know because I want, I want success for him. I want success for the Magpies. But um, I think I, I, it was interesting just to see no new names as part of the coaching setup mm. for 2024. Mm. The other thing as well, he's got a really broad support structure around him. You know, Correct. Wants, wants advice, just go knock on the door, talk to Ken Hinckley, talk to any of the other experienced coaches there. But I, I hear what you're saying and I could also, you try and put yourself in the shoes of Nathan Bassett. And you sort of say, well... The- well, they replaced him with moving the chairs around. And I think... Well, they didn't replace him. No, that's what I mean, though. Like, his his replacement was basically... It was almost like a redundancy mm. where they just go, well, someone else can fill that void. Yeah, but we didn't add any new coaches. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I can understand. We've had a few texts from Port Adelaide people sort of questioning that. Are we, you know, are we giving ourselves the best chance if we've mm. actually just reduced our coaching staff by one? All right. Well, good chat. Um, let's go celebrate the 100th show today with, um, I don't know, maybe you can carry me out of Studio Limo. Just on one shoulder? We just maybe get Jace in. We'll lift you up. Yeah. No, I think maybe yeah, I probably deserve it, yeah. Guard of honour. All right, good. All right, enjoy the podcast. See ya. On Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow, that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Well, good morning to you. On the first Tuesday of November in 2023, and as uh, Mark Bickley and I here at Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, Mark Bickley, the race that stopped a nation is here. Happy Cup Day, my friend. Welcome. <laughs> Good morning to you, Joe. I love the sound of that. And um, I practiced that all weekend, so I sounded okay. Yeah, you're pretty handy. You're very versatile. Very good with a bugle. Yeah, play the bugle. You can push the buttons. You can do everything. Thank you. How was your weekend? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I had my uh, youngest daughter all weekend because my wife and my eldest daughter were away in Sydney, and I loved it. Just quality time. I had a pretty free weekend, so um, apart from working at the hockey over the weekend. The hockey one Adelaide fire went down to a team with the strangest name in sporting history, the Perth Thunder Sticks. It's a bit of a weird name. It, it was told to me like it kind of sounds like a men's entertainment group. <laughs> I was more thinking Thunderbox. It's like the, um, the, uh, the toilets, these people called the Thunderbox. Did they? Mm. All right. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> It was uh, really pleasing and lovely to just have some quality time gearing up for another huge weekend of sport where not only today, which I'm going to ask you about the Melbourne Cup in a moment, but this weekend is massive for South Australian sport, as it always is. But two games on the one day, so Adelaide United and the Adelaide 36ers both play on Saturday the 11th of November at the exact same time. This is the first time this has happened for as long as I can remember. So if you think about geographically where Mm. the entertainment centre is and where Cooper Stadium is, car park's going to be a nightmare. And that's going to be difficult for you because you're going to have to announce the players running on the court. Then you have to run across the road <laughs> and then announce the soccer players coming on. Run back for halftime. But what what takes preference? I don't want to comment on that. We are in uh, Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy. Uh, thank you to Morn Team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. How was your weekend? Even though, you know what? I was driving in this morning thinking, we ask how each other's weekend was. And I feel a bit bad because it's it's a Tuesday. 
people have yes. already had their Monday, yeah, so we'll, we'll, their we'll move forward in a moment. But quickly, what did you do? Something really exciting, I'm sure. Uh, well, it was my father-in-law's birthday on the weekend. Wonderful. So we did some stuff with him. All the family got together and did some work in the garden as well. I finally got some time to do some work on the lawn and get that all in shape. So that, I really enjoyed that, getting out and about. The weather was nice. Good weather today too. 27 degrees, Mark Bickley. Cheers to Tire Power as well for being on board. Holiday getaway sale is now on. And I say thank you and cheers a lot when we talk about people like Tire Power and Morn Team. And, well, we say thank you because they've been with us from day one. Because you know what, Mark Bickley? Today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a milestone. Today is day 100. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Fireworks in Studio Lumo. Close, it went just over my head. Uh, It is our 100th show today together, and I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised that we lasted this long. If you want to send any messages of congratulations to Mark Bickley, (laughs) 0427154166. Cheers to Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale. It's on now. Yeah. Why would they just send messages of congratulations to me? Well, for putting up with me for 100 shows, mate. I was going to say, we're a team here. We've always been a team. I know, but um, I think we should reflect on this because when, when we kind of got together at the end of... 2022, we had a conversation about what this could look like. I, being honest, never expected to enjoy it this much and have this much fun where I have not woken up at, well, I get up at about three in the morning to prepare Mm, for mm. the show. I know you get up at about quarter to six. That's right. Yep. But I've enjoyed coming into work every day. And it's actually really rare that you can say that when you work in the media or you work in radio. But I've, I've loved it. That's amazing. You know, I still drag myself out of bed. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got to go in with this bloke again. <laughs> no, it's been the same. It has been a lot of fun. and um, But it's we're, we're very lucky. It's a great job. We're talking sport. We're... Uh, we're following our local teams. We're following what's going on on the world stage. So it is um, a privileged position we sit in and we never take it for granted. So when we do, we, we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So we try and have some fun, which helps everyone get up and get into their day, hopefully. Well, that's the thing. And we've had a lot of people that have been listening from our very first show back in Feb. Um, I had an early start. Like I started a few weeks earlier than Bix because he's the talent. So he just rocks up whenever he wants. Um <laughs> But we've had people from day one right through till today, whether you're on the text line, whether you've been calling us or on social media. And what we want to do is continually talk to you. So if you're someone that sends us text messages, we'd love to speak to you as well. So mm-hmm. feel free to call us, one 736 736 You can call us anytime. Um, but we wanted to say thank you for sticking with us because, as Big said, it's enjoyable to talk about sport and you know, get to know the people that choose to listen to us because you've got so much choice in what you do every morning. So the fact you can listen to us here or you can listen on the podcast. Um, Bix, 100 games. How did you celebrate your 100th game? Did, did anyone come and have a, a special conversation with you? Did they present you with anything? You said the names on the locker. I've went and I've engraved our names on the fridge here. <laughs> um even though half of the stuff's gone off in the fridge and studio, Lou, I, I honestly can't remember my 100th game. I couldn't tell you much about it. I, I could tell you about my 50th game because I played really well. You know how all players remember the games they play well? <laughs> yeah. My 50th game was against the Western Bulldogs, and, um, and I had a really good game. So I remember that, and I remember my 250th because I popped my shoulder in the first three minutes and was off for the rest of the game. So that wasn't great either. So um, the 100th? 
just went off into the night. I can't remember what happened. I have to look it up. I'll tell you in a second. Did you know, I only learned this over the past six months, that in the Sandful, when you play 100 Sandful games, there's a bit of a financial bonus. And I also know for a fact, there's a handful of Sandful players that are hanging on to play 100 games before they decide to um, potentially look elsewhere. It goes up as well, doesn't it? As you play 150 and 200, I think. I think so, which is a a very good reward. I want to talk to you about the Sandful a little bit later on in On The Mark because Sandful's been in the news over the weekend with Port Adelaide and Adelaide potentially making their way out of that competition. So I've already prepared On The Mark for you. So Mark Bickley, 100 games, 100 shows. Congratulations. Well and thank you to Dracos, who's just sent us a nice little message in there. He said he's enjoyed every show. He's telling lies, but we appreciate the, the sentiment anyway. Okay, so zero four two seven one five four one double six. I just need to correct you on a few, a few things because we're 100 shows in. First of all, I don't know whether it's Dracos or Dracos. Yeah, exactly. So can you please let us know? And you've also said, I don't know whether um, he's being sarcastic. We also don't know Dracos, Dracos' gender. Mm. You're just making an assumption. I am. And I mean, it's 2023, so we don't know. We don't at all. So let us know, Dracos, Dracos, whatever um, you are after. Okay, so very quickly, Bix. We are not experts when it comes to the Melbourne Cup. Um, It's very important that we encourage you to gamble responsibly, and we're going to talk to... This is incredible. Um, a little bit later on this morning, to get all of your tips and all your form line and things like this with the Melbourne Cup, we're going to be speaking to um, Hawthorne player Mitch Lewis. No, we're not. We're just speaking to Mitch Lewis from SEN Track. Um, imagine that. He's like, hey, guys, just in preseason, and uh, this is my side hustle. Um, what can you tell us just off the top of your head about um, favourites, fancy names you're looking for in the Cup? Because... Horse racing isn't my strong suit, and I'm completely comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm a bit, little bit the same, but um, I think there's a lot of discussion around a lot of uh, the Melbourne Cup has become such a world event, and so there's so many horses from France and Ireland and New Zealand all around the place. So uh, I, I guess a lot of people are thinking that that uh, that's going to be the way it might go. So I don't know. Gold Trip is one that I've followed sort of a little bit, and that's one of the sort of up there in the betting. Val and Declare has won it before. Um, that's an Aussie horse, so keen to see how that goes. That's paying $26, which has a little bit of value attached to it. And Dracost has sent another text in saying, number four, break up for today's big race. So number four, that's a Japanese horse, if you can believe that. So that's paying $19, so a little bit of value there as well. Thank okay, you, so Bix, what I would like to do is – we're going to take a little bit of a breather. When we come back, you're going to tell me by name the horse in the Melbourne Cup field that best describes me just by name. Yes. And I will do the same for you. If you have any tips, if you have any omens, if you are going to gamble today, as we said, please do it responsibly because you've got to ask yourself what's gambling really costing you. Let us know on the text line 0427 Our 100th show today, as we said, uh, Mitch Lewis going to join us. Sunday Detch from the Adelaide 36ers. There's been controversy in the NBL. There was controversy in the World Cup overnight. There was controversy in the A-League, all to do with umpiring. 
This is big all around the world, so we can talk to Sunday about that. And, of course, we'd love to speak to you. It's SENSA going for 27 degrees today. Good morning. And tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 17 minutes past six on SENSA Breakfast. Just a quick one that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12. You are in with a chance. T's and C's apply. So you've got to do that over the next couple of days, Mark Bickley. Um, before we nominate who we think is making a difference, we make a difference, save on your everyday living expenses. Uh, I think we should, again, turn our attention to what is a big day across Australia. <laughs> We are taking all of your suggestions. If you are going to gamble, please do it responsibly. What's gambling really costing you? 0427154166. So if you've got any kind of omen bets or anything you want to place today, Bix, I asked you to think of the name and number of a a horse that's in the field of the Melbourne Cup that would best describe me. Mm. What have you got? Well, I I was almost drawn to Shiraz because I know you're partial to a Shiraz. Mm. But I ended up going with, that was number 14. I ended up going with number seven, which was absurd because you can be absurd sometimes with uh, some of the stuff you come out with. And it's the all white (laughs) colours with a pink star. Okay, not bad. I've got two for you. So I had um, uh, almost honourable mention, and that is number three, without a fight, because you don't really like fighting you kind of sit on the fence and you don't really pick a side either way you just mm-hmm. you're very cool calm and collected like vanilla if i'm a man of faith you're a man of science so that's how we kind of go between yes, one okay. another mm-hmm. but i've finally come up with i think it's number eight and it's right you are because you're always right and you're never wrong <laughs> so that is the, the horse that best describes well, you i thought you might go with number 22 interpretation with some of the words that i use and well, get, you know, get we need an interpreter if we wanted to do anything you <laughs> Uh, We make a difference. Save on your everyday living expenses. The nomination for who's making a difference, Mark Bickley. And it was big over the weekend with a lot of sport. But my goodness, watching the alien play basketball, Victor Wembenyama was amazing for... The San Antonio Spurs, where they played back-to-back games against the Phoenix Suns, up against Kevin Durant, who's one of the best players in the history of the NBA. And to see what Victor was able to do with some of the moves that he made, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights. There was a moment where he literally went under the basket to just curl the ball in with the longest fingers ever. Um he was amazing. So I wanted to throw a few statistics at you because Please we're do. all blown away by Victor, uh, Victor Wembanyama, and I'm not a big call guy, but I feel only five, six games in, we are watching someone that may surpass LeBron James in his greatness. And I can say that six games in, okay? So it's not wow. only me saying this. Brian Winehorst, who's one of the, the big... <laughs> he's Brian Winehorst. Yeah, it's Melbourne Cup Day. His name is Brian Winehorst. Okay. Um, He's a a journo over in the States. He says, this is the stuff that dreams are made of. I saw LeBron James have a game like this his rookie year, but it was in his 65th game, not his fifth game. So this is when Binyama, who scored 38 points and grabbed 10 rebounds as the San Antonio Spurs beat the Phoenix Suns. 
His debut game wasn't as incredible. I go back to Frank Selvey back in 1954. He scored 35 points in his debut game. Mm. But I wanted to talk to you about players in their fifth game in an 82-game season. So let's really bring the focus down a little bit. And you look at Harley Reid, who's going to go number one in the AFL. Mm. He would need to have an outstanding 40-possession, three-goal game in his first or second game of AFL Mm. to have the impact that Victor had in the NBA. It's amazing. It is. And he's he's gone from nothing to stardom in a very short space of time. I was speaking my 11-year-old son who – Follows a little bit of the American sports. He know, he's all across it. He knew what he was doing, and this guy's huge. and And he features in my five things I learned across the weekend. I'm a, in a similar vein to you, and um, yeah, we'll save that to when yeah, we talk good. about that because it's just been phenomenal what he's been able to achieve. When you compare him in their rookie season to um, who were some of the names in terms of what he was able to do was that um, who was the admiral. Uh, David Robinson. Yeah, he had, I think, three of the best. Yeah, so uh, yeah. three of the best five rookie games. But they were same as what you mentioned. They were all in the back half of his rookie season, where uh, Women Yama has been able to do that in five games. So we'll talk about it after seven with the five things you learned. But I just feel we are watching greatness now, and I want to make sure I enjoy it now instead of looking back and going far out. How good was this guy? Let's look at how good is this guy. It's twenty-two minutes past six. If you've got any nominations, zero four two seven one five four one double six. Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes past six. Coincidentally, going to be 27 degrees across Adelaide today too. We're in Studio Lumo Energy from an Australian-owned company. It's Lumo SA. And cheers to Flight Centre. Their big red sale is now on with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays, and tours. Book now to save big. Mark Bickley, Mm. um, just before we head to the news, I'm having a look outside because it's a beautiful sunny morning on King William. There's just chalk everywhere. Christmas pageant over the weekend. Everybody's all up and about. So does that mean your Christmas stuff is up now? No, no, it's not. Generally, it it often goes up after the Christmas pageant and just on that 27 degrees today, beautiful and warming up to 34 on Friday. Oof. So we are starting to get some warmer weather, which is nice. The Christmas pageant has been uh, run and done. Uh, it's generally a highlight on our calendar, but as my boys are getting older now, sort of we had cricket on Saturday morning, so I couldn't go to the Christmas pageant. Mm. Just made me think though, because I, I was down as the scorer in cricket. Hold on a sec. Sorry. You said, your Christmas stuff goes up after the Christmas pageant. Generally it does. Okay, so you've missed it this year. Yeah, because we late. sort of took Halloween down, maybe a bit of a hiatus for a week We or took so. Halloween down? or I helped out, yeah, helped pack it away. Put it up <laughs> in the rafters. Sorry, continue. So I want to talk about scoring, because cricket scoring, I was down to do the cricket scoring on the weekend. It's still rather antiquated. My son played basketball last night. I scored for his basketball much more up-to-date technologically. I want to talk about that after our news. It sounded like he scored for his basketball team, so he ran on and slammed dunk against the, the high schoolers <laughs> no, or whatever. No. Scored <laughs> with an iPad. There might be a clue there. They're, they're sort of more up-to-date than the old sort of cricket book with the, uh, the rabbit-eared corners. I'll tell you what, you've left us all hanging with that, mate. If you want updates on um, scoring at school sport, then stick around after the news. Now, nah, there's plenty more, including a sports update as well. Back after this on SENSA.
keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 27 minutes to 7 on SENSA Breakfast. If you haven't heard, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. If you do want to get in touch with the show, feel free to call us. one 736 736 Mark Bickley, before our sports update, you were talking cricket and basketball scoring prior to the news. What do you got for us? Talk us through what happened. Well, no, just on the weekend, I just had the, the comparison. So Saturday morning cricket scoring, I was down as the scorer for the uh, the two innings. And um, it's it hasn't changed in about a hundred years, has it? You know, back when I was playing as a twelve-year-old, you used to have to score. The only thing that's slightly changed now is uh, my son is eleven, so each player gets twelve balls, uh-huh. and so you have to count the balls that each batsman uh, faces, which adds another so layer. So individually, they get twelve deliveries each, not each batting pair. No, individually, okay. Player gets twelve balls, so you count that. Then you're ticking off the runs. Then you're ticking off the doing the bowling and all that. So it's quite labor intensive um, and you have to really concentrate. Then last night I was uh, scoring at the basketball. Now basketball is, is right up to date with the latest technology. You literally get an iPad. Every player's already booked in there. They're registered. So their number and everything is there. You literally hit someone scores, touch two points. If it's worth two points, touch the player. If they get a foul, hit yeah. personal foul, hit the player's name. I think... Cricket scoring is ripe for disruption. What do you mean? I think there should be an iPad sort of uh, formula, um, iPad scoring system for cricket so that you don't have to... That's a big call. (laughs) So you don't need to take your pencil and your pencil sharpener and your rubber, like just have it on an iPad, make it so much easier. It's a new business idea for you. Mm. Well, here's a text, 0427 Mark, iPad cricket score apps have been around for years. Auto keeps averaging the other stats. Maybe the cricket team needs to invest. Maybe, yeah, the Emmanuel uh, under-11s. need <laughs> 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 to get himself organised. Did you really take your own pencil? Yeah. A 2H, because if you have, like, an HB sometimes gets blunt quickly. <laughs> So you need such a, a nerd. You need a hard pencil. It needs to be sharp because you're doing dots. So you all took the a time. pencil sharpener. Yeah, and a rubber. Yeah. Haven't you ever <laughs> haven't you ever scored cricket before, no. Jared? No. Most cricket scorers have a little pencil case. Some have coloured pencils. Do you have your own pencil case? No, I didn't take a pencil case. Do Just, you have one though? Uh, somewhere I'm sure I would have. Hmm. I love that from you, Mark Bickley. <laughs> Let's get into our sports update. We are celebrating our. 100th show today. Bix, you did have the stats from your 100th AFL game. You finally found them. So talk us through your 100th game. Uh, It was against Essendon in 1996 round four. Adelaide 23-23-161 defeated Essendon 9-165. So that's quite a shellacking. What were your stats? uh, I had 20, but um, Rod Jamison had 33. I'm not sure if that's a misprint or not, but (laughs) must have been the most disposals he had in a game. Uh, Andrew Jarman had 29 and kicked five goals, four. So that's that's a solid game for a midfielder. Not too bad. Uh, We will keep you up to date. Speaking of sport and the world game, uh, literally kicking off right now is a Premier League match, which is between Tottenham 
and Chelsea. Our very own Tottenham. Yes, so uh, Tottenham are one point away from uh, equaling Man City on top of the table. Man City are doing very good things at the moment. Um, so Chelsea 13th, Bix. By the 13th. end, by the end of the show today, we'll be able to tell you whether Tottenham are sitting top of the Premier League table once again. Let's go wow. sport. Okay, let's start with some cricket. Steve Smith has given Australia's coaching staff their latest World Cup headache as he battles a bout of vertigo. Now, this is can be debilitating, but this is on the eve of the team's clash with Inform Afghanistan. Smith arrived at his pre-match press conference in Mumbai on Monday, showing some signs of discomfort before admitting he was struggling with vertigo. The 34-year-old expects to play on Tuesday, despite potential impacts. On his balance, but the situation is an added concern for Australia as the tournament approaches its business end. You're, what you're scoffing? I'm so sorry. Tottenham have scored! Oh, unbelievable! They've scored already seven minutes into the game, and uh, Tottenham have scored. Wow! Who scored? It was Dion Kulusevski. Oh, my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, let's uh, stay on cricket. South Australian opener Henry Hunt has defied the Gabba gloom and Queensland's pace attack to send a, a three-figure reminder to test selectors. Hunt was unbeaten on 104 on Monday night, taking South Australia to two for to, two, two for 190. That was hard to say. After a rain-shortened first day of their Sheffield Shield clash in Brisbane. That's a fantastic effort because the ball was doing a fair bit. They were sent in to bat. Like I said, rain affected, gloomy skies, uh, battered the whole day. Henry Hunt for 104. Two for 190. He's in with Nathan McSweeney, which is great. So the 26-year-old survived and then flourished after lunch to bring up his, his eighth first-class century in the shadows of Stumps off 236 balls. It was Hunt's first shield score of substance this season, ending a first-class century drought that stretched back to Australia A's tour of Sri Lanka in June last year. So... There were some people talking about Henry Hunt being um, a chance to play for Australia. Let's hope now that this gives him some confidence and he goes forward and continues this form. But that's um, a great knock under difficult conditions. Very good. Um, and what else have we got? Uh, champion jockey Damien Oliver is quietly confident his Melbourne Cup mount, uh, Alenqua, will be past fit to give him his farewell ride in the race that stops the nation. Now, he's had 32 Melbourne Cup ride. This is his final one. Let's hope that he gets out out there and gets an opportunity. Yes. Now, uh, Bix, there's a, a lot of things in regards to officiating, refereeing, umpiring that had huge impacts and ramifications on a couple of international and national events over the weekend. One of them overnight in the Cricket World Cup, one of them in the NBL last night, one in the A-League over the weekend. We're going to break that all down really soon and have a chat about that. If you wanted to get involved in the conversation, one 736 736 We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo. Lumo Energy SA and a huge thanks to more team Kia for family cars at Port Adelaide. Also not too far away. The five things you learned from the weekend. We've got on the mark and again, repeating that score 10 minutes into the Premier League match. Tottenham leading 1-0 over Chelsea at the moment. And also, can I, I've got an update. On Thursday, we were discussing the draft and Adelaide, the Adelaide Crows had three picks in the draft. I think it's 10, 14 and 20. There was some speculation. They only had two active list spots. So I got in contact with the club um, after the show and and had a discussion around that. So um, do you want me to do that yeah, now? Yeah, please. Okay, yeah, let so, us know. Yeah, so um, what is actually happening? The, our listeners were right. Adelaide at the moment only have two active list spaces, but they also have two rookie spots that are available. So with the three picks in the draft, 
they can use all three, but what they would have to do in the lead up would be to, to manipulate their, their list spot. So someone would get moved from the main list to a rookie list, which would open up a third spot. So if they, if they, if that is the case and they want to use all three spots, they haven't decided what they want to do yet, but they could do that. The other option is, of course, and what is probably the most likely is they would try and combine three picks and get into two better picks. So to move up the draft order or the other option they have as well is to maybe trade out, let's say pick 20 and they'll get something in next year's draft. So they'll trade that to a, a club and they'll get a future pick for next year. And of course, next year, Tyler Welsh is a father son. So they want to accumulate some extra points. So at the moment they have three picks, two uh, main list spots, but they could make that three main list spots if they wanted to. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, our text line 0427-154-166. Tyre Power's holiday getaway sale is now on. More of Mark Bickley. And we take a deep dive into refereeing, weird rules in sport, and plenty more after this on SENSA. Good morning. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today breakfast with mark bickley and jared walsh are you ready are you ready are you ready are you ready let's go 13 minutes to seven on SENSA breakfast good morning to you continuing our sports update thanks to brasilia coffee you can make the perfect cup of coffee with brasilia coffee we've got them here in studio luma at the moment mark bickley very nice um we will of course bring you up to date with some aflw very soon the adelaide crows into another final series a home final to scout recycling center 11 locations across south australia bix you're talking about umpires refereeing and the weird world of sport uh let's get into that because it was strange over the past 24 hours not just in the nbl but the icc cricket world cup too well let's start with that uh, Sri Lanka's Angelo Matthews has earned the dubious distinction of being the first player in international cricket to be timed out. Can you believe this? So the controversial incident came on Monday's World Cup match against Bangladesh. So what, what basically happened, they were 435. Angelo Matthews comes out, gets to the crease, and he doesn't have a chin strap. or well, the chin strap's broken on his helmet. So he goes back to get his helmet and then... Uh, he, one of the players from the opposition uh, goes and talks to the umpire, uh, Murray Erasmus, and then made an appeal. And, he, and the umpire then had to, to give him out. So, so I think the captain, I think Shakib Al-Hassan had to go up and have a conversation with the umpire. Let's, let's have a listen to how it played out. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Angelo Matthews given out without facing a ball. Timed out. It probably is the first... And I've ever come across. Bangladesh have asked the question and here goes Matthews. He tried to plead his case and it gets worse for Sri Lanka. If you have a look at the vision of that Bix after the fact, you can see that he noticed his chin strap was broken. So he stepped away and then he needed to get it replaced. And you could see how furious he was when he ended up being dismissed as well. So it's not like he did something on purpose to try and waste time. I don't get this because... If he'd been batting for a little while and his chin strap broke, he would be able to go off and replace mm. it. Like the fact that he got to the crease, I would have thought constituted, well, he's out there. So he's not timed out. He takes his guard. Then he says, oh, sorry, by the way, my chin strap, I've just noticed my chin strap is broken. It, it's a safety issue. Like I just don't understand. So let me throw this 
at what you're saying, because I think we're going to be on the same page here. So let's say that the umpire said, no, you will face this delivery. He faced the delivery with a broken chin strap. The ball hit him in the helmet, which was removed from his head. Mm-hmm. He ended up being concussed. And then what happens following on from that? Do the umpires and the match referee say, well, no, he needed to face up because that's within the spirit and the rules of the game? Or do they say we needed to make an exception here? Because cricket very much so is officiated within those rules and laws of the game, which which just don't change. Mm, well, one of the things maybe Angelo could have done is just ask the Bangladesh captain for permission. Oh, look, I've just got out here. The chin strap's broken. Do you mind if I go back and change it? Then, then you, you, you know, you're, you're sort of flagging it with them. So you're sort of alleviating yourself. Maybe he just assumed that it wouldn't be an issue, but well, the fact that it's never happened before in international cricket would suggest that, that he's a little bit stiff, but um, it didn't matter in the end anyway because they got uh, beaten Bangladesh comfortable victors, chased down the runs in 42 overs. But, uh, but it, to me, like I get the the Bairstow incident, you know, he wandered out of his crease. People say that's not in the spirit of the game. I, I say, well, you know what? That's just clever play and, and players are trying to get that little edge. This one here is a true spirit of the game one. This is a guy who gets out there. He wasn't trying to get an advantage. He wasn't trying to do anything, um, you know, untoward. He got out there and realised his equipment wasn't right. Now, should he have checked it before he got out there? Probably. But I wouldn't have thought that should have been enough for him to be dismissed. It makes for a really interesting rest of the tournament where Australia's match against Afghanistan has um, huge significance and importance. Um, Australia were incredible over the weekend, as they have been, apart from the little hiccup at the start. Let's have a listen to Adam Gilchrist having a chat on Dwayne's World yesterday. It looks unlikely, but I can see it happening. It's possible. There's no doubt about that. Um, get to... You, know, you get to the knockout stages, which is effectively just the semi and, and the final. They're the two cutthroat games, aren't they? So uh, there's a chance that they could stumble if if someone uh, posts a big score. So this is Gilchrist talking about India mm-hmm. and whether anybody can actually beat them because they are so good. They look flawless, don't they, at the moment? They're just flying along. It's in, um, it's in India, so that everything's sort of lined up for them. But what that means is is the pressure builds as you get to the bigger games because it's been such a perfect preparation. You don't then want to, like Adam Gilchrist talked about, in those knockout games, you don't want to drop it because it feels like you've done everything perfectly. So the team that comes up against India, it's like having a free hit. Nobody expects you to win. Nobody thinks that uh, you got any chance at all. So you go out there and you, you play without that sort of pressure. So I would love to think that we could run into India at some stage It'd be it'd be awesome. It'd be an enormous game, no doubt about that. Love this text on zero four two seven one five four one double six. It is from Paul talking about uh, what happened with Matthews uh, facing Bangladesh last night, saying it's bad opportunistic sportsmanship. There's no other sport like that when it comes to cricket. So what he's saying is, is the 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 fact that Bangladesh appealed and mm. went to the umpire. If they didn't say anything, that he wouldn't have been dismissed. Of course. So. Cricket, we have noticed now, I don't think there's any other sport like it where you're playing a game inside the game, where you're thinking about different ways that you can dismiss a batter Mm. because every other sport, it's just so fast. You've got time to think in cricket where I agree with Paul. I think it is bad opportunistic sportsmanship. I don't reckon it's bad opportunistic sportsmanship. I think it's bad opportunistic 
unsportsmanship. <laughs> no, but that's what he's saying. Like, you, it's bad sportsmanship. Yeah. So you're looking for an advantage which isn't the traditional way of dismissing a batter. Mm. Which there's so many different ways you can do that in cricket. Where you think about the man cad, whether you you appeal so, or not. But but the man cad to me is quite a simple one because I I think players should man cad more because what's happening is the non-striker is getting an advantage by being halfway down the pitch, and and often if if a player's trying to keep strike and they hit it down to long off or long on, he's halfway down the pitch, he taps and he's running back to the the end where the ball's going to get thrown. So. I'm all within bowlers saying, you get out of your crease and I'll take the bails off. So I have no problems with that because that is, that's unsportsmanlike the other way where people are taking advantage of the fact that you won't man cab me. So I have no problems there. But this one here is a pure mistake. It's about safety. It's about having um, the, the, the right equipment. So I just... Just don't see why you would try and get an advantage out of that. This is another text. Players and captains get fined suspended these days for slow overrates. Bangladesh well within their rights to raise the issue with the umpires to protect themselves on that count. It's the batter's responsibility to make sure their equipment is in order. So that's another view which yes. we like too on the text line 0427-154-166. Um, to the person that sent that text message, you can have the Signet Boost Power Bank. We'll keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. So we'll be in touch and get you that Mark Bickley. You can make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia coffee um, and we'll head into the AFL news in a moment. However, I'm just looking at the current score between Tottenham and Chelsea and I just saw that Raheem Sterling had scored for Chelsea. Hello darkness, my old friend. So it was 1-1 until it was overturned by VAR. Oh, <laughs> we are back. AFL news, please. Don't Since throw away cash. Bring your cans, bottles, appliances, and more to a Scout Recycling Centre. when did you become a giant Tottenham fan? No, I'm just an Ange fan. I mean, and this is the other thing. When has there ever been live sport happening while we've been on the no, air? Great, like, this is amazing. <laughs> we need to get it. Where's the screen? We need to get it up there. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, the Brisbane Lions in the AFLW. They're going to be without two players. Defender D. Heslop, uh, has gone straight to the tribunal. She um, uh, sort of executed a dangerous tackle, which saw her sort of slam the head of her opponent into the turf. So she is facing a three-week ban, which could see her out for the whole final series. So Dee Heslop there is in all sorts of trouble. And young gun Charlotte Mullins uh, is also being offered a one-game ban as well. So Brisbane play Adelaide in the first final. That's at Norwood Oval this Saturday. They could be without two very good players of them. So that is going to be very interesting. AFLW pace setters Adelaide expect six players to return for Saturday's qualifying final against Brisbane. So Adelaide, they they knew they were going to be comfortable winners against West Coast. They didn't. They were away for three days because of the timing of flights and. Uh, and all the things that went with playing in WA. It was also quite a hot day. So they took the opportunity to give some players that may have been carrying injuries or not quite right a little bit of a rest. So Chelsea Randall, Ann Hatchard, Stevie Lee Thompson, Kira Muller and Jess Waterhouse were all rested. And defender Zoe Prowse uh, had an illness. So six players potentially could return for their clash at Norwood Oval against the Lions. Now, the Lions were the only team that beat Adelaide this season. Mm. And the other interesting thing about what happened on the weekend... The Lions upset Melbourne. Now, Melbourne were on top of the ladder, which meant they got knocked off, which meant Adelaide finished with the minor premiership. 
which means because of the rules in the AFLW, if you are the minor premier and you win through to the grand final, you host the grand final. So Adelaide have been given a massive leg up there with that upset win or upset loss to Melbourne. And now Adelaide could be hosting another AFLW grand final. Well, hold that thought because I'm going to ask you about that in On The Mark a little bit later on this morning. Let's have a listen to head coach of the Adelaide Crows, Matthew Clark. You know, we, we, we knew we had top two secured. And, uh, you know, we really, obviously, really wrapped with the season as a whole. Uh, to go nine and one is, you know, a really strong performance and, um, you know, as, as much as we could hope for. I suppose we could hope for ten, but we'll, we'll settle for nine and one. And, um, yeah, so obviously we're now set up to have the double chance. to perfect farewell for Aaron Phillips at Alberton on the mm. weekend too. So Port Adelaide having a win. Big Aaron win. Phillips kicking a goal over 3,000 people, I think, there as well, which was brilliant and a nice little send off but as you said I think in Elephant in the Room on Thursday Port Adelaide need to kind of pull their finger out a little bit because um, it was a disappointing season disappointing season they did finish with that big win on the weekend they finished with two wins and a draw last year it was one win and a draw I think they they would say they felt like they've improved and they've played better footy but I think now they'd be hoping for a significant jump up next year I, I think most Port fans would expect in their third season they should be challenging for the finals, which they really didn't at any stage this year. We're in studio, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It is Melbourne Cup Day today as well. If you have any suggestions of what we can be doing, tips-wise, uh, please send them in. Tomorrow we'll be asking about all of your big wins if you were successful to have a big win. Just remind yourself, though, what's gambling really costing you? We're going to be speaking to Mitch Lewis about the Melbourne Cup not too far away. Sunday Ditch from the Adelaide 36ers. And a massive thanks to Morn Team Care for family cars at Port Adelaide. After the news, the top five things Mark Bickley learned from the weekend. Here at Port Adelaide, all your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow, that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Two minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And shout out to our very good friends at Tire Power. Their holiday getaway sale is now on. Good morning to you. And as I say again, good morning to Mark Bickley. It is a celebration today. our 100th show today so uh, I'd like to say that I've organised heaps of special guests to come in and um, wish you well Mark Bickley it's another centurion milestone for you today but um, all I can say is congratulations and thank you for putting up with me we've made it this far well sort of don't thank me this is a team effort and it's it's us no iron team no but there's a me in awesome hmm you know, I, I heard that yesterday in a Taylor Swift song I was listening to with my daughter. It's pretty good. Surprised you didn't say that to me. Though I used to have fun with uh, Andrew McLeod. He said, no, I in team. He said, there is in Norm Smith. Oh, <laughs> it's not too bad. It's not, he can say that stuff. I yeah, can't exactly. say anything like that. Um, we've still got a big show coming up. Mitch Lewis is going to talk about the Melbourne Cup Sunday. Detch, about the Adelaide 36ers. And I'm following what's going on in the Premier League at the moment because our Tottenham Hotspur playing against uh, Chelsea. VAR has been the real hero of this match at the moment. So not only did VAR disallow the Chelsea goal, which apparently showed Raheem Sterling handballing the ball inside the box before scoring. And then um, having a look at some of the highlights on socials during the news just then, there's been two obvious red card decisions that have gone in the favour of Tottenham that haven't been picked up, including a double-footed tackle, 
which um, just was a play on or a yellow card decision. So Ange Ball is very aggressive today while taking on Chelsea, but they currently lead Tottenham 1-0 right now. So it's 1-0 in favour of the Spurs, which is awesome for everybody following Ange Postacoglu. You can rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale is on right now. And it's time for this. One, two, three, four, five. SCNSA Breakfast, top five things we've learned. Okay, top five things we learned across the uh, the weekend of sport. Going to start with... The ICC World Cup and Australia's form. They've picked up since early in the tournament and it's on the back of one guy and that one man is Adam Zampa. He is the barometer of the Aussie Cricket World Cup squad. And right now, I've got him as Australia's best bowler and their most important player. Big call. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree with you. I was thinking about this last night. Adam Zampa, I think because of the way... Um, he carries himself with his demeanour. He's quite relaxed. He's a little bit quirky. Sometimes he's probably not taken seriously, but when he gets the ball, he constantly takes wickets and he's been outstanding. Mm. Talked about his game on the weekend, his um, 10 overs that he bowled as the most complete game he'd played. I think he uh, only went for 20 runs. So he was very, very happy with that. So he's in really good form and really comfortable with where he sits. So that's uh, one thing I learned across the weekend. You've already mentioned this next bloke, Victor Wenbinyama. Is that correct? How do you say Wenbinyama. Wenbinyama. He's played, is he five games or six games in? Six games six in. Six games in. And I'm going early on this. I'm already calling him a star. Oh, really? I'm already, oh, well, you, so hold on. I'm already, You're going early no, no. and calling him a star. No, That's that, a big call, Mark Bickley. That was uh, the first part of it. But the second one is he's going to take Spurs to a championship. He is a championship player. He will. <laughs> what? Is that, a, is that too big a statement? Well, I personally think it's. Oh, unbelievable. Who's going to stop him? He's, he's six games in. Teams will figure out how to play him. They will. Now, yes, he's really tall. Seven foot four. Yes. But they will figure him out at some stage. And then that's his real challenge. I agree so, with so you. So what are they going to do? Start. Cut him off at the knees? Yeah, <laughs> potentially. They could bring a ladder onto the court. Who knows? But I know what you're saying. And we spoke about this earlier in the Who's Making a Difference. Um, he will be one of the greatest players of all time. Mm. If he stays healthy, that's the biggest challenge. That's his biggest opponent is his health. Is it? Yeah. Mm. So so you mentioned before you made a comparison to LeBron James. You said he's going to be of that ilk. When LeBron got to his peak powers, yep. he could literally pack up his bag, go to a team and take him to a championship, which he did with others, with some friends at Miami and then – Cleveland. Yeah, so, so they need to build around him, yeah, San so Antonio. Could, yeah, so Victor, will, that, that's what they'll do with Victor, surely. Victor, Wembenyama, he's going to be the man. I don't know why you put an accent on it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that's what I learned. That's the second thing I learned. Third thing I learned was um, Henry Hunt picked a good time to find form. So, so basically, the Redbacks have had great bowling stock so far. Their top six has really struggled. It was all up against them yesterday. They lost the toss. Rain interrupted. There was a bit of juice in the pitch. Queensland had a really good attack. He was excellent yesterday. Faced 246 balls. Difficult conditions. He remained not out for the day. South Australia, two for 190. That's a really good effort considering that everything was against them. So so Hunt and McSweeney still at the crease. So South Australia, if the conditions are better today, could really move forward and put themselves in a good, a good strong position, which is great news Mark, for the Redbacks. I'm really sorry to stop 
your top five things you've learned, mm. but I have some news, and that is I've I've basically put the mockers on Tottenham because I said, oh, they've got away with a couple of red cards. Well, um, Christian Romero has just been handed a red card. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And with the penalty that was given away, Cole Palmer has scored a goal. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And at the 38th minute, it is now 1-1. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And they're down to 10 men. (laughs) Hard work from here. Continue. You, you put the moz on him when you celebrated too early in the 10th minute when they scored a goal. Anyway, yeah. we'll keep moving 90 on. 90 minutes is a long time in football. Okay, fourth thing I learned across the weekend, 36ers were desperately unlucky. They were actually riding high, going over to play the Perth Wildcats. They were in cracking form. The Wildcats were battling a bit. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, Gastro ran through the team. They had a, a number of players who were below their best, and that was a bit of a handbrake for them and they weren't able to get the points against the Wildcats who returned to some sort of form. Yeah, Bryce Cotton decided to um, play like Bryce Cotton and one of the best players in the last decade of the NBL. He Pulled his finger out. Yeah, he did. He really did. And they got another win last night against Melbourne United. So that was always going to happen with the Perth Wildcats. They were going to find their rhythm eventually. But again... The, the 36ers, and we can talk to Sunday Detch about this after 7.30. It's it's definitely one that got away from them because they knew how to, to play against Perth. What really intrigued me about that was Isaac Humphreys had really limited minutes mm. and he played really well when Perth played here a few weeks ago. And Trent Flowers just isn't getting on the court. And that will, that will provide a challenge because... Where he is, and he's part of that Next Stars program, he needs needs to be playing. So I I reckon there'll be some conversations happening behind the scenes that if he's not being played by CJ Bruton, he may be advised to look elsewhere. So so what's the issue? Is he not at the level? Because most people would think he is at the level. I just don't think he fits into the rotation at the moment. And we saw that when they had that win against Perth, um, CJ Bruton really pulled back his rotation. So he was using only eight players in that game. So the mm. starting five and then rotating three off the bench. And that seemed to work for the 36ers. What that provides, though, is the conundrum for this Next Stars program. CJ Bruton, are you there to get wins for the team or are you there to play Trenton Flowers and prepare him to get drafted mm. into the NBA? Because I'm more of a fan, personally, of the 36ers winning games. Mm. So I, as much as I'd like to see this kid play like Josh Giddy did, like LaMelo Ball did, um, if him being part of the rotation is not going to win us games, yes, he assisted us beating the the uh, Illawarra Hawks a few weeks ago. I back in CJ Bruton making that call, keeping in mind there'd be so many big decisions happening behind the scenes and so many people in his ear saying, play the kid. Yeah. And if you decide, well, it's not sort of working out for us. I, I think it, sort of mutual, it'd be mutually beneficial to go for him to go to a club that does need his style of yeah, play where yeah. he will do that. And just, let's just make that happen as opposed to having a young fella sitting on the bench. Yep. Anyway, the last thing I learned over the weekend, AFLW Crows team, they are right now, I mentioned this before, they are in the box seat to host another grand final after Brisbane upset Melbourne. They finish on top of the ladder. They now play Brisbane here in, uh, at Norwood Oval, win that straight into a, a prelim. And then the prelim will be at home. And then if they win that, they have earned the right now, finishing minor premier to host the grand final. They play Brisbane, as I said. Brisbane have two players that are most likely going to miss. D. Heslop looking at a three-game ban sent straight to the tribunal and, and Charlotte Mullins is been, has been offered 
a one match ban. So whether she challenges that or not, but it potentially means that two really good players for Brisbane will be missing on the weekend. Adelaide, Matthew Clark and his team just been a f- another phenomenal season so far. You can rush into Chemist Warehouse for the Christmas fragrance sale, which is on now. Very nice five things you learned there, Mark Bickley. I reckon it's time we gave away some stuff. Hello. You know, we normally do this at 6 o'clock every morning. We thought we'd do it today at 12 minutes past 7. And we have some Archie's footwear to give away. Archie's thong so comfy you'll never take them off. Perfect for today because it's 27 degrees. What did you say, 34 or something on Friday? 34 on Friday. So it's building up. The longer the week goes, the warmer it is getting. So get the Archie's out, the Archie... Arch support thongs and slides, fantastic. Well, you have to call us, one 736 Call us, get on the air. It's as simple as that. You call us right now, you will win. It doesn't matter what you talk about. It could be a simple, hey, congratulations for surviving 100 shows without being sacked, boys. Um, let us know. <laughs> call us right now, one 736 You ring, you win. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 18 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. On our 100th show today, Mark Bickley, our 100th show, certainly worth celebrating. It's also worth celebrating the good stuff. You can get on the road faster, 13, 27, 27, with budget car and truck rental. I'd like to, if it's okay with you, take the reins. See, there's a Melbourne Cup pun there. Yeah, I like that. Is that good? Mm. Not too bad. Um, With the good stuff today. Is that okay with you? Yes. All right. Well, I reckon we should get into it. My nomination for the good stuff Mm -hmm. is the demise of England. The demise of England. What, in the cricket? Just in general. No, in uh, <laughs> in the cricket. It's been wonderful to watch. And look, I don't want to be too dramatic and too negative, but everybody's really enjoyed seeing Johnny Bairstow get dismissed in unusual circumstances all the time. Um, like seeing Ben Stokes, who came back from retirement just mm-hmm. to have an impact on the English one day side and that kind of went against him as well. And it it got me thinking over the weekend because throughout his dismissal, he was quite vocal and stump Mike has been amazing in the history of cricket. Yes. I wanted to play for you, Ben Stokes getting out over the weekend and have a listen to the stump Mike as he hits the ball, knowing what's about to happen. No. Out. Zampa as he so often does gets the big wicket. And there is no bigger wicket than Ben Stokes. So you heard him there go, no, <laughs> which is fantastic. Mm. And it got me thinking about the stump mic. Yep. Ben Stokes doesn't have a great relationship with the stump mic. This is what happened in the Ashes in the most recent one um, when the cricket ball hit him in an unfortunate spot and he was quite vocal about it. If anyone who missed it with the part of the body that it hit him. Oh, the dick. <laughs> it's 
kind of um, oh, kind of really displays England at the moment. They've been hitting the dick. And then I got thinking about one of the all-time stump mic mm. um, uh, conversations. And this is when Richard Pant was here in Australia against SEN's very own Tim Payne. And they were having a bit of back and forth. But I love this because Tim Payne, remember, was standing skipper for the Australian yes. team. And, and Pant was very, very vocal on what he was saying. And I think this is a good bit of banter. You got a special guest today. Come on, monkey. You got a special guest, huh? Have you heard the word temporary captain ever? Hey, monk. Have you heard the word? Have you heard of a temporary captain ever? <laughs> so there's a lot more that I couldn't play, but I think Stump Mike is my nomination for the good stuff today. If you're moving house, here's a team that's easy and affordable. Budget car and truck rental 13 27 27. Very good. It's 21 minutes past seven. Good morning. Power.com.au. Morn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 27 minutes past seven. Good morning to you. Uh, a big day on SENSA. As always, the run home with Kimba on the Roots from three, followed by Sports DSA with Dan Menzel and Paul Bonza. Bicks. Our text line 0427 154 Before we read out one of our texts, celebrating 100 shows um, in the Premier League game between Tottenham and Chelsea. So Tottenham scored in the seventh minute, yep. followed by a Raheem Sterling goal for Chelsea, which was disallowed due to VAR. And then Christian Romero was sent off for Tottenham. Cole Palmer scored. So it's one all at the moment in the 12th minute of additional time. Wow. 45 plus 12 because of so many VAR checks that they've had to do. The 12th minute of additional time. In the first half? In the first half. So we'll head into halftime in a moment. We'll be able to give you the final score. We'll be pretty close to the full-time score at 8.30 this morning as well. Do you want to read out one of our texts? Yes. If you want to give us a uh, send us a text, 0427 154 166. This one's from Source. Wow. Congrats on the 100 shows together. What an achievement. You should be really proud of what you've created. You bring joy to every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. Well done, lads. Um, thanks, Source. You're a great contributor. I might be a little bit tongue-in-cheek there, the way that you sort of layered that on. But uh, we No, appreciate- he's being genuine. Well, we appreciate Source and his input. And, and another one from Daniel, who uh, is quite a regular uh, texter as well. So Bix... When are we going to see the full fixture release? I heard on SEN Victoria yesterday that the Crows will be happy. Only Port Adelaide will be a double up from the top six teams last year. Well, I know. Well, first of all, they're in the sweet spot. Finishing, what did they finish? Ninth or tenth? You do get that sort of seventh to fourteenth bracket. So you play a lot of the teams around you more often. You get a little bit of a sniff about what happens in the bottom half as well. So that'd be a good result if they only played Port Adelaide twice. But there's seven extra games now with Gather Round. So I wonder how that works. But Adelaide certainly will get a better draw. Certainly less travel to all the regional centres. More Friday night games, more Thursday night games. Uh, Speaking of source, because you've been with us from day one, we are going to give you the Archie song. So comfy you'll never take them off. So... We'll get in touch. You got the Archie's footwear, and um, big. So I want to give Source's podcast a little bit of a plug. Source actually has a podcast. It's called Straight to the Source Podcast. Have a look on Instagram. It is very, very good. So he's a big supporter of the show, and I think it's worth celebrating the people who have been with us from day one. So we love you, Source. Yep, good job, mate. Uh, Twenty nine minutes past seven. Sunday debts next.
retailer, keeping you safe on the roads. Tirepower.com.au. Mourn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. 27 to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. Our text line today, 0427 154 166. Mark, we are celebrating 100 shows today. Text from Josh from Aldinga Beach. Congrats on 100 shows, lads. Have genuinely enjoyed hearing the show develop into what it is over that time. So I don't know what it is now. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're battlers and we're just, we're trying our best. Shout out to Josh as well. Josh, apparently, um, I followed Josh's socials. He went for a run and put his back out or hurt his shoulder or something. So he's um, he's incapacitated at the moment. Gee whiz. You know everything about everything, don't you? You know the medical conditions of our listeners. I stalk our listeners. So <laughs> if you ever plan to send in a rude or abusive one, trust me, I Look know out. where you live. Be really careful. Um, this person's probably really grateful that I don't know where they live because I'm in love with them. And their name is Sunday Detch from the Adelaide 36ers. Um, disappointing result against the Perth Wildcats over the weekend. But I tell you what, to um, to lose to Perth in Perth is a, a common theme for a lot of NBL sides. So hoping to make amends against the Jack Jumpers on Saturday night. Remembrance round as well. And uh, we will have some celebrations and of course, reflections. Um, at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Good morning to you, Sunday, and I'm sure you're looking forward to hopefully getting back on the winners list. Morning, Walshie. Morning, Mark. Yeah, mate. I think that's um that's it. You know, I think we're we're at home. We want to protect uh, the AEC and, and get a win against the Jack Jumpers. Hey, what do you take away from the Perth game we saw last night? Now they've won two in a row. They are capable of doing that. They're their squad once they find their rhythm will be very hard to beat, and it's just from my perspective, disappointing that Bryce Cotton decided to play his best game of the season against us. Yeah, look, it, it was time, right? I think for him to, to kind of click into gear and, and, you know, it was disappointing that it was against us. But on our end, um, we left our run a little too late again. And, you know, we, we got down about 20 points there and clawed back into to, to getting the lead. And then it just went down to the stretch. And as you know, it's always tough to play in Perth, but it, it's one that we're going to, we're kicking ourselves because we, we let slip away. Mm. Sunday, there, there was uh, discussion around uh, gastro and then a number of players weren't at, at their at their absolute best. Was that a real thing or is that something that's been overblown? No, it's, it's something that's been going through the camp the past couple of weeks. Um, a few boys have been sick, uh, but, you know, as you guys know, right, there's, there's sicknesses, there's little niggles, little injuries throughout the season that you kind of have to battle through. So, yeah, credit to them. Um, we've, we've had a few guys go down this past week especially. So hopefully we're, we're on the other side of the hill now with that and, and we can be 100% fighting fit for on Saturday. Sunday, I was trying to explain to Bix before about the rotations that CJ's got at the moment. And that means that um, Trenton Flowers isn't getting as much court time as he did earlier in the season. Are you able to give us a little bit of insight into that? Because the the chat that we had was there would be frustration from his side of things because he wants to play, get in front of the scouts and hopefully get drafted. But then CJ also needs to make the decisions for what fits best for the team in regarding rotations. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I definitely don't envy CJ and his in, and coaching. Um, it is a tough gig and it's one where you kind of have to play off feel, right? And then go off who's playing well at the moment, um, which lineups go well against each other. But it's also matchups on the other end. So um, you, you could be playing great offensively and rolling, but it could be a bad matchup for you, um, say, having to guard Bryce or Chris Golding or guys of that nature. So, yeah, Trenton is 
Um, Trenton is finding his way. You know, he's doing well at practice. He's, he's putting his best foot forward. So hopefully this weekend he does get a bit more court time. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's about matchups. It's about winning games. And, and right now it's um, everyone's battling to, to, to get into that I starting thought, group and that main, main eight. I thought he uh, changed his hairstyle and put the cornrows in so uh, he CJ thought he was a different player so we could put him <laughs> on the court as well. So we changed it up a little bit, but I can't do anything like that with my hair. Um, what we have loved watching about the NBL this season is how unpredictable it is. So any team on their day can win games. And I'm sure having a look at the Jack Jumpers moving into Saturday, they've had some really good results. And Milton Doyle is one of the best players in the competition that has to be stopped. Yeah, look, I think Milton's proven it for the last couple of years. Um, he's a firehouse and, and can get going at any given time. So for us, it's just about sticking to the process and, and making sure that we manage it as a team, right? At the end of the day, um, he could score a lot, but if we keep others at bay, we're good. But our goal is to keep them quiet at home, especially at the entertainment center once, once we get rocking. It's, um, you know, they're the sixth man on the court out there for us. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next point there Sunday in terms of we saw that against the Wildcats in the second quarter. You had a lead and then they came back at you and the crowd really got involved. It seemed to lift them. You get that opportunity to do that this week where your sixth man can, can really get you guys up and about. So that energy and effort that you draw from the crowd, it's really important. Oh, mate, it's contagious, right? And. I think anyone who's ever watched or played sport just knows how impactful it is. So for us to have a crowd like, you know, the 36ers fan at the AC is phenomenal. And they've been great all year. And, you know, I've no doubt they'll be great again Saturday night. Hey, how are you going personally Sunday? We talked about those rotations before. You would love to be getting more minutes as every player would. But I'm sure that you can probably see that when the team starts gelling and clicking, you you need to have that team first mentality. No, 100%, mate. I think... At the end of the day, you know, we, we've strung a couple together before the last one and we kind of found a bit of cohesion there and we need to find it again this week. So it, it's, it's not far gone. It's right there. Um, and, you know, for us, it's just about doing the little things day in and day out and we, we let slip in Perth. Um, so hopefully it's just one game and we can, you know, get our wheels turning again today at practice in the next couple of days and, and bring it on Saturday. Now, Sunday, you got practice today. You just mentioned. Do you take a little break to watch the Melbourne Cup? Are you a betting man? What, what's your flavour today on Melbourne Cup Day? Uh, look, I think our, our practices are early, so we, we get it over and done with. Um, uh, not a betting man myself, mate, but definitely will watch, watch the race. It's, it's an Australian thing, and I think it's definitely the race that stops the nation, and all the boys will be tuned in. I also just finally saw some footage on your social media last week of the team trying to kick what looks like a football, the round ball game. And (laughs) your skills are electric Sunday, but it's safe to say that the Adelaide United players can rest comfortably knowing their positions are guaranteed because it's some of the worst kicking I've ever seen by size 15 (laughs) feet. Yeah, look, I I don't think um, a lot of us have a calling in the soccer, um, but we did give it a crack and it was one of those days where we, we do change it up every now and then from the coaching staff, which is good um, as things do get a bit monotonous. So we, we kicked the soccer ball around. Um, a few of the boys were kicking out left and right and everywhere, but some guys had, had a bit of skill out there. So it was good to see. Uh, just finally, the Indigenous Guernseys the boys wore on the weekend. I'm not sure if they're wearing them again this weekend, but that's a really special thing throughout the NBL to, to pay respects to our First Nations people. Um, 
And I really love the involvement that the NBL has back into its multicultural community. We saw Melbourne United wearing a multicultural jersey as well. So for someone like yourself, Sunday, I'm sure to, to have the inclusivity, what basketball can do to bring people together. And we saw that throughout the World Cup. It must mean a lot to you. Yeah, look, it's, it's definitely phenomenal. Um, I'm glad the NBL is back to 100% because, you know, playing Indigenous round is special for all of us and, and for everyone throughout the NBL. And it's something I wish continues for the rest of the way for the NBL. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a proud thing for us as well to have locals here um, design our jerseys and, and come to our training sessions, talk a bit about the design. And, and, yeah, it's an emotional experience and one that I really thoroughly have enjoyed the last couple of years and, and hopefully it keeps going for a very long time. Well, Sunday, we enjoy talking to you. Good luck uh, in the big game this weekend uh, against the Jack Jumpers. And yeah, let's hope you can get back into winning form. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you guys. And, and Walsh, mate, you've you got to stop stalking your listeners. All right, it's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, good call. <laughs> damn, it. Oh, damn it. Thank you, Sunday. Appreciate your time. And he's, he busted me right there. I'm a big mm. stalker. Love Sunday, Ditch, and everything that he brings to the team. I think you're almost at a level, Bix, where you can start calling him Church now when you speak to him. Is that his nickname, is yeah, it? Yeah, Church. Hmm, I can understand why. Um, I love the fact you mentioned around them kicking the footy around, yeah. the soccer ball yeah. around. Every sporting club, has something where they, you know, like, for example, the footy players, they love getting a basketball ring and trying to mm. play basketball because they think they're pretty good at that. Often the, the cricket bat comes out yeah, when it's in the, the pre-season training. So you get the basketballers. They don't shoot around. They play a bit of soccer. What do the soccer players do? What are the fo- so the world game footballers, do they shoot a basketball? The game that they play is they'll play like foot tennis. So mm. they'll get a little net up. Okay. So it's basically, they still use a football. And then when the they cricketers, of course, they kick a footy around. They always do. Yeah. Um, we had a text coming in on 0427154166. I love this one. This is congratulations on your 100th show, Digger. That's my old nickname from Tasmania. Cheers from Tassie Tigers. So that's someone who sent that in by the name of Patrick Baldwin, who when I went to Hobart last week, these are family friends. You remember I said I went to my family friend's house yeah. that I hadn't seen in about 25 years and everything was so nostalgic. There was a photo of their son, Simon, who was mm-hmm. my idol growing up with Steve Carfino and the Hobart Devils. Um, coincidentally, they're in Adelaide. Patrick's in Adelaide playing golf on a golf trip oh, wow. this week, listening to SENSA. So, so let's go back a bit. What, what, your nickname was Digger. I can't even remember why my nickname was Digger, but that's what they call me. Digger. Good on you, Digger. Thanks. It was interesting because I said, you know, I try to play it low key when I said, oh, I do breakfast radio with, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I say he used to play for the Crows and that really, that probably sounds disrespectful to you because you didn't just used to play for no, the Crows. Like, you're the, yeah, but you're the, the premiership captain, mm. two-time day, and you won a premiership playing nighttime too, but you weren't the captain then, were you? No, no, it's just a... Just a run-of-the-mill player. Oh, come on, mate. you still got your stats <laughs> up on this. <laughs> you go through every ad break. All right. Because for those of you listening, we've had 100 shows now, which means we've gone through Bix's first 100 games. Every day off the air, oh, we analyse all of his games. Don't, don't say that because people actually believe some of the stuff you say. They you can get... see in Studio no, Lumo no. here today. Come on, Digger. <laughs> okay, we're doing On The Mark next. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go!
Ten minutes to eight on SENSA Breakfast. Mitch Lewis joining us really soon to talk everything Melbourne Cup because, let's be honest, Bix and I don't know too much about it, which is not bad. Some people don't love it on the text line. 0427154166. Will has got in touch, Mark Bickley. Yeah, he's put a different spin on it. Melbourne Cup is the day people put on their suits and fascinators, put a pineapple on a horse, then stand and cheer as a beautiful, intelligent animal is run to exhaustion while being whipped by a creepy clown in silk pyjamas. Have fun. I have a better place you can stick your pineapple. Well, we'll take that as a statement rather than a yeah, question. Yeah, some people don't get into it. And I don't mm. I, I don't know too much about it. And I, I reckon I'm on – a part of me is very much so I, – I don't gamble at all, right? So I've mm. got no interest in doing it. Um, and I like people having fun and having the, the novelty. I like looking at the fun names of the horses and things like that. But I just have little to no interest in it. That's why we get Mitch Lewis on to tell us all the stuff if we did exactly. want to gamble responsibly. And, of course... I don't mind going to the races. It's a bit of fun, but it's... Uh, You're it's, in a marquee, though. No, generally not. I'm actually um, I'm hosting something at the races next week for Legacy Day okay. at, at Moorfield Racecourse, which would be good. But, um, yeah, it's... I love it. Sorry. I like going there. I like the social aspect of it. But people who spend every Saturday and studying the form and all that, that's not quite my cup of tea. You need to ask yourself, what's gambling really costing you? So as we said, Mitch Lewis joining us very soon. Look at the dogs on the mark. Spaghetti like on the mark. Wobbly man stuff on the mark. Every good side has a good captain. Mark Bickley. I was worried there for a second. There was a, a pregnant pause. Oh, that's just um, sometimes the buttons don't work here. Mm. And that's okay. I thought it was your finger that wasn't working. What do you mean? You didn't push it. No, I okay, well, I, I didn't push it. <laughs> no, no, no. You I, know me, Mark Bickley. Yeah. I'm a stickler for button pushing. <laughs> um, let's get into On The Mark. This is a good one today. I'm okay. very excited about mm. this. I've, I've left a little bit of time because I think it's worth debating some of these things I'm going to throw at you. So you'll just say whether my statement is on or off the mark. Okay. Let's start with a heavy-hitting question. Mm. The Sandful, if Adelaide and Port Adelaide leave, should introduce a promotion relegation system. Bring in two more teams. Mm-hmm. Well, from Div 1. Amateur-style yep. teams. Yep. And then every season, two teams drop out, two teams go in. That will fill the void left by Port Adelaide and Adelaide in the Sandful. Oh, okay. Um, I love the theory of it and the romance of it, but I'm just not sure of the the dynamics of it. The, the gap between Sandful and Division 1 is a fairly big one. I'm just not sure they would be competitive. and. The, the budget of a Sandful club, probably between, I don't know, half a million and a million dollars a year. Let, let's get rid of all the semantics and dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Mm. Let's just focus on the idea of it. Because yeah. it, it, it yeah, would well, take planning. It would take a lot. Player movement would be more frequent. Mm. So what but, do you think? But you can't have an idea and say, forget about all the ideas. Yeah, Otherwise, we'd, the AFL would be a promotion relegation. Let's have... Let's replicate the English Premier League here in Australia with AFL football. That'd be that'd be wonderful, but the reality is is it's not going to happen. So I don't think it will happen. I think it'll go if it if a, a reserves competition were to come in for the AFL, I think it becomes an eight team competition, and I think it it probably drops down a little bit from where it is today. But I still think it'll be followed. It'll become more of a community based competition. So off the mark? 
Off the mark, your statement. Okay. The whole of Australia should get a public holiday for Melbourne Cup. Off the mark. The AFL should make gather round more interesting with an NBA in-season tournament style model. So just go with me here. Mm. The team who scores the most in round in the round yes. gets an extra two premiership points. Off the mark. What happens if this year the team that plays West Coast, who are the crappiest team, just just get because of the luck of the draw who they play against, they get an extra premiership point. That doesn't necessarily mean that they score the most points. Well, it means they're a much higher likelihood of doing so. Absolutely. Mm. But it doesn't mean they're going to. Yeah. I just think we've already got so many compromises in our fixture in terms of fairness and how often you play those teams and the, you know, the bottom teams versus the top teams. And particularly when you have a season where there is one or two teams that are very, very poor like West Coast last year. And then you have to look at Taylor Walker kicked 19 goals against West Coast. Charlie Kerno kicked 19 goals against West Just Coast. Just to let you know, in Gather Round this year, the team that played West Coast was Geelong. They scored 136. The team that scored the highest score that Brisbane? round was Brisbane was 152. And they played North Melbourne. Doesn't matter. You said West Coast, so I got you. <laughs> They're both terrible teams. Hey, I got you, mate. Give me that one. Uh, um, off the mark. He may take a long time to score runs, but when he does, he does them well. Henry Hunt should be considered for an Aussie spot at some stage soon. Well, going back a little bit, about 18 months, he had a great run and ended up in the Australia A squad. Uh, technically very good. I think he's got a very good temperament. I would hope that this uh, is the start of a nice run for him because he's at shield level hasn't had a significant score. I think he got a 70 in the Marsh Cup, but hopefully uh, he's 104 not out. Uh, resets again today. So hopefully he gets a big ton today and this can be the, uh, the, the springboard for his sort of shield season. So, yes, I hope it is the case. That is on the mark. The first weekend of November is too early for a Christmas pageant. Calm down, everyone. Off the mark. It's been happening for 100 years. Get with the program, Jared. Port Adelaide has shuffled the deck chairs instead of bringing someone new into their coaching staff. Nathan Bassett should be offended. This was interesting because we had a text a little bit down the text order, so I can't find it at the moment, but basically said um, Port Adelaide did a, a nationwide search for a new coach and settled on someone who was already there mm. without replacing Nathan Bassett. So I think this is I, – I know the soft cap has been extended. There were some uh, rules that were talked about where 20% of your senior coach's wage doesn't go into it, and also there was a 25% – increase in the soft cap. So that should alleviate some pressure. And I wonder whether this decision was made prior to that to that announcement. But I think a lot of clubs are feeling the, the pinch with the soft cap, particularly around coaching and uh, are looking at creative ways of doing it. So just rearranging the coaches and development coaches that were at Port Adelaide to be able to make sure they spread them out, I think is what they've decided to do. Whether that's means they lose any quality, I think we'll have to wait and see when the season arrives. If the Crows make the AFLW grand final, it should not be played at Adelaide Oval. Off the mark. I think if it gets played at Adelaide Oval, it will get thirty-five mm. to 40,000 people, which when you think about it, I think the Sandful grand final had about 32 or 33 if it got anywhere near that, that was a great atmosphere that day. I think it deserves to be in that stadium. The opposite, or the alternate would be Nord Oval, 
Unley Oval, they're the, they're the grounds that Adelaide have played at and their capacity is probably between the sort of 15 to 18, I would think. Fashions on the field is outdated and should be scrapped. Uh, off the mark? Why? Like, is it's fashion for both men and women is part of what racing is about. Um, if you're going to scrap fashions on the field, let's scrap fashion full stop. Let's not have modelling. Looks like you have. Yeah, I have. I did that long ago. It's your anime T-shirt you're wearing this morning. It looks like you've been watching Sailor Moon. What is that T-shirt? I've just noticed it. I don't know. That's not yours, surely. Well, who do you reckon is in my house? Do you reckon it's my wife's or my 11-year-old son's? Which one do you reckon? Did your daughter stay over last night? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm going to take a photo of that T-shirt and put it on the SEN Instagram. Um, the Adelaide Strikers women are looking like back-to-back success is a sure thing. On the mark. Super team. Uh, well-led, well-organized, and very consistent. Last one. The whole world is in shock that SEN SA Breakfast lasted 100 shows. No, that's off the mark. Of course it was going to last 100 shows. I'm surprised that you, you're you surprised. Quality button pusher. That is so disrespectful because my microphone's also on at times. Yes. I know that you feel comfortable when I'm pushing the buttons, but this is just no, no, no. the preparation that let, I put in. You didn't let me finish. That was... That was the precursor to me saying, as well as mm. being organised, creative, yeah, uh, a great listener, a great question Basically, asker. what you're saying is I'm the best support to you, the talent, who <laughs> no, rocks up with no. no preparation, and you basically phone it in every day. I, I cannot believe you don't think I prepared. Do you think that all this happens by accident, all the stuff that I spew out? The only thing that's happened by accident today is the T-shirt that you've put on. <laughs> Get dressed in the dark every morning. Just reach into the drawer and grab one. It's simple. <laughs> okay. Um, I've got one more that we're going to hold on to after 8 o'clock this morning because uh, former Adelaide United legend, football director, and now media superstar Bruce Jutte has made some scathing comments mm. about the A-League refereeing, which... I'd be really interested to get your take on that. So I'll do that about quarter past eight this morning. But next, we will get all of the flavour of the Melbourne Cup by having a chat to Mitch Lewis. Tyres. Vaughn Team Hyundai at Port Adelaide. All your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Two minutes past eight. Good morning to you. SEN SA Breakfast. Uh, Mark Bickley, we started the day really well. Up and about that Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham Hotspur will ending one over Chelsea. VAR intervened with a Raheem Sterling goal. 12 minutes of additional time. Oh, they were shown a red card. Mm. One all at halftime yeah. with Tottenham having 10 players. And now they are down to nine. Nine? Yes, they are down to nine with Destiny is one of the players for Tottenham. His <laughs> destiny was getting sent off and spending the rest of the second half oh, on the bench. Goodness. So they are now down to nine players. And, and you said that Maybe the umpire or the referee missed one or two. Referee missed uh, a very blatant uh, red card. So it could have been eight. Well, I think Destiny was the one who received that initial oh, yellow, okay. which should have been a red. Okay. So if, if Tottenham lose this game and they're, they're now going to have two players suspended for their next Premier League match, I'm just saying 
this could be a fiery Ange press conference where it's gone from Ted Lasso to um, the journos kind of turning on him. So mm. we'll keep you up to date. It's a big day, though. The race has stopped the nation. It is the Melbourne Cup to talk us through it. And if we are planning to gamble responsibly, of course, it is very important to remember, uh, remember and ask yourself the question, what's gambling really costing you? Mitch Lewis, we say good morning to you. I'm sure it's a big day for you and you're ready to go. Good morning, boys. Yeah, very big day. I'm here on the track and the sun has come out and it is looking very, very schmick here on the track. Is it supposed to rain a little bit later on, though, Mitch, like it always does on Melbourne Cup Day? There's a little bit of a question about when exactly it is going to rain. So, um, yes, there is a forecast for about one to five mil. Some are suggesting it'll be at around five o'clock, but some are also suggesting three o'clock, which is going to put it right smack bang on the cup. Mm. Um, who do you like? Yeah, there's, there's so many horses. When you look through the field, a lot of French horses, a lot of Irish horses, there's a couple of Aussie ones in there as well. Who, who are you sort of directing your attention to, Mitch? Yeah, look, for a race like this, you sort of need to have a few options in your mind because, um, you know, when they bring in these European form lines, it can be a little bit hard to exactly gauge. But there's a horse, so Gold Trip, last year's winner, I think he's mm. a big chance of winning again. He does have a heavy weight to carry. That's a little bit of a query on him, but he, he won very well last year. I, I think he can handle that weight. Now, he's one, though, that would be doing the rain dance in the stable because if it gets a little bit wet around that cup time, that's really going to suit him. And then you've got a horse like Vorban. I, I know Miles is pretty keen on Vorban. He's a UK import who has been very impressive in his track work as in the lead-up to this, and all the reports are that he, he's been set for this race for about two years. So he's got to sort of respect when they bring those horses like that over here as well. So having a look at the the field today, um, and Mitch, there's a lot of people like Bix and myself that are really not pros when it comes to horse racing or anything like that. So if people are considering having a, a bit of a flutter for the very first time, who are some of the randoms that we can look at that we can go home after potentially a win and buy takeaway for the family because we had a good day? <laughs> So we're looking, we're looking at some exciting, rougher chances, you reckon? We'll stay away from the favourites, make yeah, it a little, yeah. bit, little bit more exciting. Well, yes. this is so what we've heard, Mitch. We've heard, we've heard that, that you are the guy that likes to jump around the favourites and not be too predictable um, and really help us, the, the random punters, in how we can make some money. Yes, well, that, that's what I heard I'm here for as well. They said, that. Uh, <laughs> let's get rid of Miles. We'll flick Mitch on because he's the man to come this day. But, no, Alenque is a very interesting one, boys. So, this is Damien Oliver's last mm. ride in the Melbourne Cup. There's been, been an injury cloud around it in the lead-up. But they've passed it this morning. It is going to run. So, Damien's going to be in the saddle in the race. Look, this horse, it had very, very good European form, but it hasn't really translated it into Australia. I think it's had about five or six runs. But it's got the great, you know, it's got the big story of Damien Oliver on. Uh, I think that'll go close. Uh, another rough, I hope, you know, there was number seven, Absurd. This is the stable mate of the favourite. Um, he was about $30 a couple of days ago, and they backed him right into $10. So that does spruik your interest a little bit. Uh, he looks quite sharp like his stable mate, Vorban, as well. Um, Miles is roughly of the day. He's telling me here, Bright, you are the John Allen, the Mar Eustace team. He'll go very close as well. What about uh, Val and Declare, the winner in 2019? Could he sort of get himself organised and do it again? He's probably racing in the career best form since he won that Melbourne Cup. But he's just, to me, he's just getting a little bit older, a little bit long in the tooth. So I'm not sure he'll be up to it. Uh, I do think, though, he's the best of, you'd say, the Australian hope. So 
he's probably I know you can get to market on these days for your you know your top tens and your top five. Mm. I think another one um, some SA punters might be familiar with number 12, Dyken Sweet Junior. He won the Adelaide Cup yep. two years ago, and that's over the same distance as the Melbourne Cup. So you know he's going to get the trip. He's about $90, but I think he's a good chance for your top 10s. Wonderful. Mitch, uh, what does your day look like, please? Because we know that uh, yourself and, and Miles will be up and about. You need to, to keep an eye on Miles Fitzner, as we always need to whenever <laughs> he's doing any kind of social yeah, event. He, what does a day look like for you? I'm, so we've had the breakfast on SEN Track, the um, radio show. I'm just looking at Miles here. He's going to get a little bit off the bit, I'd say, in the day. I reckon he started at about four this morning. So mm. we'll definitely have to look after him. But no, we'll, we'll, he'll get himself through. You know what it's like. If you get a couple of winners and you get up and about, then nothing else matters. We've got tomorrow to recover before Oaks Day as well. You know, we're getting a lot of text messages through uh, uh, complimenting you, Mitch, on the fact that you're doing such great things at Hawthorne and having the great sort of knowledge of, of horses as well. Yeah, some, some people were pretty shocked when I got pulled out of the draft. I'm only about 178-ish, uh, and they said, oh, I didn't think you were a toll marking forwards when, when I got that draft. But no, yeah. All right, so Very before we let you go, can you just repeat for us, if we are going to gamble responsibly today and we need your top three, give us three horses that uh, whether we're going to go for the win or the each way, you just need to give us three. Okay, well, what I might do is I'll give you four because okay. I've been very keen on four. four in the lead-up. So, number one, Gold Trip, last year's winner. I think he'll go very close. Number three, without a fight. He won the Caulfield Cup, and he likes a dry track. So, if the rain stays away, it's going to suit him. Uh, number five, Vorban, the favourite. You've got to include him. If you want to back him, I suggest just wait a little bit. You might get a better price later in the day. And then number seven, Absurd, absurd his stable mate. I think he's a very good chance. Hmm. So there you go. One, three, five, seven. If you like odd numbers, you're, uh, you're going to be right up that alley. Thanks very much, Mitch. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, boys. Good luck. And if you're having a punt today, yeah, good luck. Thank you very much. And most importantly, uh, what's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Good to speak to Mitch there. It's a big day for people that just want to have a little bit of fun either way. We know the the impacts than it can have the other way as well, Bix. But um, I've never been in Melbourne for a spring racing carnival before. Um, I can imagine that it's a pretty big day, but the, the rain is supposed to come and it mm. always rains. Yeah, it should be well over 100,000 people is what they're uh, expecting. And like I say, public holiday, people get into the spirit of it. So, yeah, let's um, – yeah, if you are going to – there's plenty of functions going on around Adelaide. I'm going to the McGain Real Estate Melbourne Cup uh, luncheon, which is generally a pretty big event. Mike Dobbin and his team do a slice of heaven. Do, do a great job hosting a, a whole big event for their clients. That's a, I think it's at the St Francis Winery. Which so we is can all go there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, why not? Just rock up. He'll be fine. Okay, no, no worries. You need a you need a an invitation to get in. What are you going to wear? Well, I haven't decided yet. Do you reckon I should go with the t-shirt? I might go with the, um, the anime. The Dan. What's the what's the guy from Miami Vice? Where's the T-shirt with the jacket over the top? Dan Johnson. I don't know. <laughs> what you're too young for Miami yeah, Vice? Yeah, I, <laughs> I can tell you the players on the Miami Heat though. That's okay. <laughs> it's eleven minutes past eight on SENSA. Built for tomorrow. That's here today. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go. Sixteen minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Our text line zero four two seven one five four one double six. Couple of texts coming in, Mark Bickley. This is from Josh who says. 
based on Walsh's feedback, it sounds like Mark Bickley has already had a gamble today with that T-shirt. <laughs> Took a punt. Um, and also thank you to Daniel Norton, uh, of course works at the Port Adelaide Football Club. I said Dan Johnson. Mm. I was meaning Dom Johnson. So strangely enough, Dan Johnson <laughs> works at the Adelaide Footy Club. That must have been in my mind. What's he, head of commercial operations? I think so. But this was in reference to the T-shirt you're wearing today. You can have a look on the, the cameras here in Studio Lumo. If you're listening on the app, please download the app and you can um, have a look and zoom in maybe. Um, and you said that but, but, Don Johnson used to wear a T-shirt with like a sports coat over the yeah, top, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but we're on radio. Like it doesn't really matter. We get up at 4.30 in the morning. We just throw whatever's on the floor. Oh. We're supposed to paint the picture though. Like what do I look like today? <laughs> You've got, like you do every other day, you've got a sports Nike top on. Like, yeah. And what about on my head? Just the, the, the bald cranium. Yeah. Then the headphones. Thank you. Is that what you're after? What? Yeah. See, paint the picture for the people listening, mate. They get a visual of, I wonder what Mark Bickley looks like nowadays. <laughs> so he still look fit, fighting fit. Um, oh, I, I'm please. glad we've got a bit of time to talk about this because like every other Adelaide United supporter on Saturday mm. night, uh, when the final whistle went after the 90 minutes, I was a little bit frustrated and so was Nestori Irinkunda. So Nestori received a yellow earlier in the game from referee Alex King and then in the final moments of the game, he had the ball was tackled. There was an obvious free kick, which wasn't awarded. Jersey was tugged. Yep. And then uh, the ball went out of bounds and Nestor remonstrated. He was quite demonstrative in the way that he acted to Alex King and was given a second yellow. So mm. Nestori is out for this weekend's match against Sydney FC at home at Cooper mm. Stadium, which is challenging. And Bruce Jitay was quite direct with his comments at the end of the game. I think it was an absolute joke. Mm. I mean, foul there, foul there. Mm. Of course the player's going to be frustrated. Like, do we want referees not protecting the hottest, brightest mm. prospects in Australian football or do we want to kick them out of the league and force them overseas? Mm. I mean, here's a player who's going to go on to fantastic things. Um, there's no protection for him. Mm. The first yellow card was ridiculous. He get, he, He's the one who got pulled mm. and he got a yellow card. He got fouled three times here. And he got the second yellow card. I'm happy I can say this now because I'm not working for Adelaide United, but those referees got to get their act together mm. and start protecting the young, exciting players. So here's my question, Bix. I, uh, Alex King is one of the, the best referees in Australia. Mm. There was a free kick there, and if the free kick was called, Nesta wouldn't have responded in the way that he did. And what I wanted to ask you, though, and I'm not going to sound like an Adelaide United fanboy here for the very first time, do the referees have a responsibility of protecting young players? Because well, in my mind, as soon as you step onto the pitch, your age is irrelevant. Your experience is irrelevant. Everybody should be protected in that sense. Well, and that was going to be my point. The um, the, the reference to you've got to protect the young, exciting players, that, that's to me, yes, there were two or three fouls there. So let's talk about the decision. The decision was wrong. Mm. The second part is, is when you become a good player, you will get targeted. He's going to get targeted exactly. every game. So, and so, and I know he's a young player, but this is the time now in this league where you start to learn about controlling your emotions. Because if every time he gets targeted going forward and he doesn't feel like he gets protected, if he spits the chewy and, you know, makes out to throw something at the umpire or the referee, sorry, I make that mistake all the time. It's okay. And continues to get yellow cards, what teams will target him because they know that he he can get 
frustrated. And well, it happened last year against Central Coast with a young player by the name of Jacob Farrell. And you're right, he's going to get targeted every game. So you, you can go back in time and say, if the referee made the free kick call, Nestori wouldn't have responded that way. But yeah, Bruce's comments were... I don't know, maybe I'm just on the, the other side in regards to that. It's, it's really important that these kids have an opportunity to play in the league, mm. but decisions won't go your way sometimes. Mm. And he was sent off because of the way that he responded. Yep. Now, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it was his first yellow card. Because of the result, which was a send-off, let's just assume that was his first yellow card, mm. we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm. We'd be speaking about the free kick not being rewarded, but we wouldn't be saying the impact that it had. Yeah, exactly. And and I think probably Bruce was there on the night. He's frustrated. I think we all look at Nestori and we think, wow, what a future this young man's having. And we all, you know, it's hard not to fast forward and think, where's this? where's it going to end for him in terms of, Looks to me from a novice and an outsider that he, he's got an extreme amount of talent yeah. and something really special and he could go on and play in some of the best leagues in the world. But at the moment, he's just got to he's – still, he's still a baby and he's still learning his craft. And it's a bit like when we watch young footballers and you see young players come up and they get tagged for the first time. If you get frustrated and lash out and you, and you can – let people get under your skin. Every other club around Australia watches that and says, "Ah, oh, we can get this young boy, yeah. young man off his game by niggling and nudging and holding on to him at stoppage and doing all those things. If you're like Nick Dacos and you just roll with the punches and even if you don't have a good game, you continue to work hard, continue to try and bring your teammates into the game, people say, you know what, we, we tried everything we could to upset him, but he was just unflappable. And so let's try something else. So that's the that's the challenge for Nesturi Irunkundu is to try and maintain his focus, try and put all the other stuff aside and just this is part of his sort of growth experience that he's going through at, at a young age that he is. 84th minute between Tottenham and Chelsea and Bix player by the name of Nicholas Jackson has scored. Place for Chelsea. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Started so well. Six minutes to go in regular time. Uh, we may have a result by the conclusion of the show. Well, I would think it'd be hard to win with 10 players. That's often the death knell when you get a player sent off. Having two players sent off must make it very, very One difficult. point, though, would be good because you'll still be on top ahead of Man City and then Ange would still be undefeated. So we'll keep you up to date and maybe give you a final score after this. Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer, keeping you safe on the roads tirepower.com.au mourn team hyundai at port adelaide all your family needs in a vehicle built for tomorrow that's here today breakfast with mark bickley and jared walsh are you ready are you ready are you ready are you ready let's go oh it's been a big show today mark bickley celebrating show number 100 big day on sensa 2 the run home with kimba on the roots from three sports day say with dan menzel and paul bonza from six 90th minute still tottenham trail 2-1 against Chelsea. Nervous because I think tomorrow we'll have some audio to play from Andrew's press conference if it doesn't go their way because a bit undisciplined today. Mm. Spurs. Uh, uh, just quickly, are you going to leave us with a tip for the Melbourne Cup? Um, well. Because I've got a couple. Oh, well, give us yours, well, mate. Give us so, yours. So we know that Mitch Lewis went with uh, one three five seven. I like number three without a fight. Um, and I also like number nine, Vow and Declare. So that's uh, three and nine, both with a bit of value. Or well, without a fight, $6.50, so that's uh, second favourite. But Vow and Declare, 
$26 as listed as we speak. If you want to hear again what Mitch Lewis had to say, one, three, five, and 7. And as we mentioned earlier, what's gambling really costing you? Have a think about it too. It's been a big day. Sunday, Detch, we spoke to as well from the Adelaide 36ers. So um, have a listen to the podcast. And 27 degrees today, Mark. Beautiful You've got a fan outside Studio Lumo at the moment who I think wants an autograph. So you should go out there. <laughs> you should meet the fan who wants to celebrate 100 shows on SENSA. And what do you got on today? You're going to the uh, big the, fashions on the field The thing. McGain Real Estate Melbourne Cup Luncheon. Wonderful. Just behave, okay? What about you? Are you celebrating the Melbourne Cup? Yeah, it doesn't matter. See you tomorrow.